When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I hate missing the podcast, but the one sort of joy of it is getting to just listen to you two and like listen as a fan and like, <laughs> and I was listening to you guys. I'm like, oh my, I was listening to them, I'm like, oh my God, they're so nerdy. I was like, oh my God, we're so nerdy. Like, it's like, it's a weird thing on the other side of the glass, say, realizing, oh my God, that's what we sound like. We just sound like a bunch of lunatics. From I know, this. I know. Welcome, Earthlings, as we embark on another journey of intergalactic proportions here on the Dagobah Dispatch podcast, where it is all Star Wars all the time, because that is how super nerdy we are. This week, we're going to take a look at all the Star Wars goodies heading our way in 2023. We're talking TV shows. We're talking video games. We're talking books. We're not talking movies, unfortunately, because there are no movies to talk about. But we will get into all the other mediums. We'll also chat a bit about the return of a familiar face on this week's episode of The Bad Batch. Then again, I guess they're all familiar faces. They're clones. It's just the same (laughs) damn face. Whatever. You get the point. The point is there's plenty to get into. So let's get into it. I am Dalton Ross. Back after a mini break from the uh, all-inclusive resort of Namos, hanging out with my buddy Cassie Nandor. And I am joined, as always, by Devin Kogan and Lauren Morgan. It's good to see your faces and hear your voices again. Lauren, I, uh, I listened to the pod last week while driving back from Washington, D.C. to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I need to hear more about all the Star Wars related paraphernalia you got for Christmas. It's I always joke that you're living <laughs> on the Disney Plus store. It sounds like you've become your own Disney Plus outpost at this point. Ooh, what is yeah. that? Is that Lego? This, it's a Star Wars Lego. It's the Duel of Mandalore. The funny thing was, is that my mother accidentally gave this to my daughter. And so my daughter and I are disputing whose actual gift this is because my daughter's like, I love Lego. And I'm like, but it's Star Wars. She's like, we're just going to share it. I'm like, no, it was for me. And my mother just looked at me like I'm crazy because I'm almost 45 and I'm arguing with my seven-year-old about who owns the Lego set. Now, (laughs) just to to be clear, can't you Uh build it together? Uh, we could, but it's, I was just, it's more of a, she, and she's sort of mad because now the box is just on my desk and we haven't built it yet. So she keeps looking at it and going, why aren't we building this? And I'm just like, cause you like to take all my, like, she's like, we have Lego stuff all over the house. We have like 700 Lego sets. So I'm just like, because you're going to take my Lego set and destroy it. So it's staying over here. So. My my son was threatening to buy a, a, a like a $500 Hogwarts set. I think it was like uh, like Ooh, the entire yeah. all of Hogwarts. But yeah. like, he doesn't even like live in my house anymore. Like he's, you know, he's out of college <laughs> out in California. So I'm like, he wanted to like order it, deliver it, set it up around Christmas with, with his sister. I'm like, yeah, but then what? Then you leave and I'm stuck with this giant. And I know from all the other Lego sets he's set up, like, they, you know, they get broken and pieces and they're all just all over the place. I'm like, no, it's not happening. 
So I still have in my childhood closet, actually, there's a whole shelf and there's nothing else on it. And it is just my original Lego Hogwarts. Um, And it's got to be from like 2004, 2005, something like that. And it's back when the Lego people still had like yellow heads. So like Mm -hmm. Hermione and Harry all have like yellow heads as opposed to like skin colored heads. Um, And it's 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 been in my every time I come home. It's um you know it's still there. I've I've got my my Legos on my my bookshelf uh, over here. I got my Rivendell. You know, mm-hmm. um I don't have any Star Wars though. I need to I need to. I had a lot of Star Wars up when I was game. a kid, but my brother stole them all and broke them all. So tragic. you got to up your game. Clearly, uh, I I got a few Star Wars things for Christmas as well. So I got some books. Nice. I got uh, Shatterpoint, which is a Mace Windu legacy novel uh, set during the close. Because I realized, you know what? I haven't really read a lot about Mace Windu in all these Star Wars expanded universe books I've gotten. And this is like, he's not a side character. He's not showing up for like a scene or two and then getting out of there. This is like a Mace Windu based book. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to check that out. It's pretty well reviewed. And then I got, now, Lauren, I wonder if you've read this one because mm-hmm. this is right up her alley. Um Dark Disciple. Do you know what this book is? I have that one, but I haven't read it yet. It's like the one about Asajj Ventress and Quinlan Voss. This is basically it's based on Clone Wars scripts Mm -hmm. that were then unproduced. So they had some Clone Mm -hmm. Wars. Let me write up this little uh, Clone Wars story. Probably like a two, three episode arc or something. Never got made. So they turned it into this book. Uh, with Asajj Ventress and Quinlan Voss, who, by the way, like was name dropped on the Obi Wan Kenobi series, and we were all sure he was going to show up, and that and Ice Cube's son did. was going to be playing with him, and that was just a whole bunch of nothing. Uh, so I got those, I got those books, which I have not started yet because I was reading some other Star Wars books over the break, which actually we'll get to in a little bit because that sort of ties into sort of our 2023 preview. Um, mm-hmm. but I did want to say it was awesome. Like I, I hate missing the podcast, but the one sort of joy of it is getting to just listen to you two and like, listen as a fan. And like, <laughs> and I was listening to you guys. I'm like, Oh my, I was listening to, them, I'm like, Oh my God, they're so nerdy. And I was like, Oh my God, we're so nerdy. Like, it's like, it's a weird thing on the other <laughs> side of the glass say. realizing, Oh my God, that's what we sound like. We just sound you like a bunch of lunatics. From I know. This. I know. You started this whole thing. I, so. I love it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we got to figure out when's our, when's our one year anniversary. We it's, it's gotta be sometime in 2023. I don't remember when we launched this. Well, so we officially, we did, we did a, we did like, I think we did a, like a, a preview like thing. In, Memorial Day, isn't it? Yeah. yeah I think it's, it, it's, it was around May the 4th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was right around there. We may have done something like a, a trailer. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm making that up in like earlier, but basically it was like May. It was May. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to plan something for, for one okay. year anniversary. Get something special going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a, a good segue uh, into 2023 as we're looking ahead to things, Devin. Because uh, Devin had the idea for this week's show that there's so much Star Wars stuff coming out, not in necessarily cinematically, but a lo- so many TV series, uh, a bunch of new books. There's a big video game coming out. So we thought we would just hit up all the things coming out, all the notable things coming out this year, uh, just to make you guys aware of everything that's happening. And we can sort of share share some some thoughts on each of them. So Devin, why don't you get us started off with some of the TV stuff, including, I guess we'll start with the show that, uh, that is already on TV right now. 
I was going to say, yeah, the first thing uh, to kind of kick off 2023 has already happened, um, or it's already began, and it's going to be running for a while. Um, it's The Bad Batch Season 2. Um, it premiered last week. Right now, we're on Episode 3, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, that's sort of what's what's kicking off. And we've, it's interesting, you know, we've, we've as Dalton alluded to, um, you know, this is there's no films set for this year, but um, it is a huge year for video games and TV and books across, you know, kind of across all different timelines. You know, we've got stuff that's, you know, super old, um, kind of High Republic stuff. We've got between uh, the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy, we've got some some prequel stuff. But um, yeah, The Bad Batch is, is kind of kicking us off. And um we talked a little bit about the premiere episode last week, and we had Lauren's great interview with uh, Dee Bradley Baker, who I'm a huge fan of. Um, but yeah, we were getting into the end of the season now. Yeah, th- there's a, a really interesting episode that uh, just came out mm-hmm. this week. It's episode three, and I know Lauren's going to want to talk about it. It's called The Solitary Clone. And there's a few interesting things to talk about with this. Um, basically, it's the... Uh, the return of a uh, one of the Bad Batch members we haven't seen yet this season, and then it's the return of one of the uh, big clones that we haven't seen for a while. So basically, Crosshair, who was a member of Clone Troop 99 and sort of got got turned, uh, now he's a sort of hunting Clone Troop 99, uh, teams up with Commander Cody is back, and they're teaming up for a mission and we can get into sort of a little bit of what happened here, but, but Lauren, I know you're such a Clone Wars fan. So first off, talk to me about what it was like seeing Commander Cody show up. And also, you know, he, when orders, you know, uh, the order came down, he fulfilled his order and tried to assassinate Obi-Wan. But um, how's he living with that? We got to see a little bit. Yeah, I thought this was a really fascinating thing. I was glad they came back to Commander Cody because, I, and I talked to Dee Bradley Baker about this because it's like always like Captain Rex and Commander Cody. They were the two main clones that you saw through most of the Clone Wars. There were others we got to know, but like there was Rex who was basically Anakin's second in command and, you know, worked with Ahsoka a lot. And then Commander Cody, who was uh, Obi-Wan's second in command. And, you know, Rex, when the time came for Order 66, he managed to resist his ship and not kill Ahsoka, but Commander Cody didn't, and he, he went all followed in, his Lauren. orders. He went all he in. He went all in. <laughs> he went all in and really tried to kill Obi-Wan, and it's really interesting. In this episode, we get to see the ramifications of it and how Cody is really questioning Order 66, and this is sort of something you're going to start to see play over uh, the course of the season about the clones sort of starting to question why they did what they did, and, you know, and how the Empire has basically used and abused them and, and is starting to discard them. So I thought this was a really fascinating thing about uh, regret and, you know, for a soldier's regret. And in, it's interesting to compare him and Crosshair, who, you know, was basically has just decided to serve the Empire uh, and he's, I'm following orders. And then we find out at the end of the episode that Cody has decided to go AWOL Um after the events of this episode. So I thought this was a really fascinating, like sort of examination of where just, you know, a regular clone wound up at the end of, uh, at the end of order 66 and yeah, yeah. the aftermath of it. And to be clear again, we're, we're talking about the episodes of spoilers here. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's a bad batch episode. It's not, you know, anything huge, but basically what happens is, is that Cody and crosshair go in and there's this person sort of fighting to protect her planet from Imperial rule and is sort of mm-hmm. taking a hostage an Imperial officer 
And he's like, hey, let the hostage go. I promise you we're, we will have peaceful discussions when you let him go. So she lets him go. And then the, the officers immediately like, kill her. And Cody's sort of like, that's exactly what he sounds like, by the way. I worked all day on that impression. <laughs> and Cody then sort of like pauses like, but sir, you know, <laughs> I can't do the club. But sir. Yeah, she uh, yeah, says, hey, she pro- I promised her. And he's like, I said, kill her. And um, and then he's kind he's kind of pausing, and then Crosshair takes her out. So this wasn't like a there was no sort of Order sixty six chip where he was sort of forced to raise his trembling you know blaster and, and do it. He had to make a choice, and then he goes AWOL. Uh, so I guess first thing I'll say to Lauren is, what do you think Cody does if Crosshair doesn't pull that trigger? I you know that's a good question. I you know I I. I'm not really sure because, you know, Cody is always like, you know, he talks about following orders. He believes he's a good soldier. Um, and it really is crosshair killing uh, that the leader on Derek's that creates even more questions. You know, like, why am I following these orders if these orders are unjust or if these orders are unethical? And, uh, you know, it is a good question. What do you think he would do? I. 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 Th- I, I mean, well, okay. If they're if they're actually played out in the episode, they wouldn't have turned Cody yeah. into that big a villain. So, if you're asking how they would have scripted it, like he would have been like, "Sir, I can't do it." But you know, I don't know if that's actually the way it would have played out. I will say this: what I liked about the episode a lot is that what you sort of alluded to, Lauren, is that they're starting to show. We have this big thing where they're all clones, right? And then we get to uh, a new hope, and they're not clones, right? They're just regular soldiers. How did that happen? Like what, what happened in that time? And you sort of, they're dropping some breadcrumbs here to say, Oh, it looks like they might get rid of us. You know, we might become yesterday's news, the clones. And then you see the officer saying, ah, clones are so unreliable. We've more and more like disappearing every day. So I like that we're actually getting They're They're realizing that they need to lay down the reasons and the trail for why the empire gets rid of the clones and moves on to, uh, you know, regular people so i kind of like that i will also say this in my never-ending campaign to point out all the injustices that happened to me (laughs) in this star wars ranking list of the top 100 characters that we did last year and you can google it i i said all right listen we want to get a bad batch member in there it's a new show we've only had a few episodes but i you know i think we should have something in there and i think it's clear that the most interesting character here is crosshair of course and I was wildly I overruled by everyone who then insisted it be Wrecker. And I let it go. Wrecker's the most fun. Uh, well, see, that's, you know, I listen, I believe in democracy, uh, but mm-hmm. I I feel like Wrecker's, I mean, he, he, I get it, but like he's he's dumb, he's fun, you know, he bashes and smashes. I think that Crosshair's infinitely more interesting um, because, and, and I, I would say that this episode and the episodes that we've seen back that up. Yeah, I mean, I will say, and and this is something D. Bradley Baker said that I think last season, um, between last season and this season, his favorite clone of his favorite Bad Batch member changed, and he told me that Crosshair's uh, arc during the season made him his favorite to voice. And I will say, I didn't really like uh, Crosshair much in the first season. I kind of thought he was a little bit one note, but I thought he was much more fascinating in the season and, and 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 to come. So I wouldn't, per- you know, I still like Record more. But, you know, uh, if we ever redo the ranking and have, you know, several more hours of arguments over it, I might allow Crosshair on the list. I was going to say, how much time do we have? I know. Not not enough. Uh, All right. So obviously Bad Batch is going to be continuing on. We're three seasons into the Mm -hmm. uh, 
I believe it's going to be a 14 episode season, Lauren. Is that right? I think we've seen 12. No, it's actually 16 episodes. They've, okay. they, yeah, they yeah. haven't released. Um, the last two. Yeah, the last two. To the so press, right, in advance. Yeah. I'm watching week to week, by the way. Lauren watched mm-hmm. it all in one foul swoop, which will not surprise anyone. One 10-hour period. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, I'm intentionally going week by week just because I want it to be fresh um, when, when, we, when we chat about it. And we will continue to do so. All right. What else do we got coming up after The Bad Batch, Devin? Like immediately uh, kind of right on the heels of The Bad Batch, um, we're getting a little live action. Uh, we are returning to everyone's favorite father and son uh, space traveling duo. Uh, we've got The Mandalorian coming back for season three. That's uh, premiering March 2nd, uh, 2023. That's one of the few things um, on this list that actually has a concrete uh, release date. Uh, Lauren's got her her baby Grogu uh, figurine ready here and ready to go. Of, of, of a collection that I could pull from, but I pulled the smallest one off. How so. many baby Yodas do you have at this like, point? And not just figures, like, you know, just like plush toys, any sort of baby one, Yoda merchandise. Okay, so I have two animatronic baby Yodas. I <laughs> two, have this baby two. Yoda that I'm holding that was on my birthday cake last year. Incredible. I have... um. I think I have like three stuffed baby Yodas of various sizes. And I have a baby Yoda that my husband and my daughter made of like modeling clay. <laughs> That's amazing. For my birthday last year. Yeah. It's that's a little distorted looking, but it was made with love. And um trying to think i don't i think that's i think that's it for me oh for is that all Yoda's. is that all Laura? that's all that's all yeah, yeah. <laughs> she like you closes know. the door to like the other room that's yeah. just filled with with baby yeah, yoda closet. merchandise that's right i mean all my all of my star wars merchandise is currently like above my desk right now so so, so where where do we leave off like there was book of boba fett right like they they took mm-hmm. off took off from tatooine or something is that what happened i literally yeah don't it was interesting we were having an ew meeting tv meeting recently we were talking about um you know kind of uh what what's on the docket and things to look out for and some of the people who hadn't watched Boba Fett they were like wait so he's like Baby Yoda gone now and he's like not going to be in the next season and we were like and I had to explain like no you have to watch he comes back at the end of Boba Fett you know and people were like well I didn't watch that so like I'm curious how the show will you know kind of play for people who haven't been you know kind of following along for some of some of these other things um but yeah, we we've seen a trailer. Um, we know that uh, Mandalore is going to play a very huge role um, in this season. Yeah, um, we've got a lot mm-hmm. of familiar faces back. Um, I, I'm kind of obsessed with the new starfighter that um, the the sort of retrofitted Naboo starfighter that they're uh, um, that he's riding around. And although I have a lot of like logistical questions about like yeah. going from the Razor Crest, which is like. It's like an RV, right? Like it seems like there's like a bathroom and like a bedroom and like you and can place like, to sleep. You can like walk around. Whereas like a starfighter is more just like it's more like an X-wing where there's just like a cockpit and like nothing else. Like how do you transport bounty hunter prisoners if like you're objectively a bounty hunter? So I have a lot of questions about like the inside of the the mm-hmm. starfighter and how 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 that works. I do but. wonder if he's going to upgrade to a different ship and that this was just, you know, the the ship to start the adventure and then, you know. You think Pelimoto's going to hook him up or something? Yeah, that's what I, I mean, I, I know she was uh, in one of the trailers, so I we're going back to Tat- uh, Tatooine again. 
But can't wait. Um, <laughs> well, they I have know. all those images loaded into the uh, the volume already, so they just they have yeah, all the right. landscapes I mean, worked out. I will say anything that gets Amy Sedaris. I I honestly like if they did an arc where just Amy Sedaris joined them on their adventures, I would be totally fine with that. But absolutely, like yeah. I hate origin stories, but like give me a flashback episode that's just Amy Sedaris and her pit droids. Yeah, um, that, that would be fine. The book of uh, the book of, the book of Pelimoto. You know, yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm, um, no, but we've got, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, interesting things. Uh, Bo-Katan is going to play a big role. We're starting to see, you know, sort of the the clash between, you know, um, Din Djarin and, and, and Bo-Katan and, you know, everything with the Darksaber. Um, Carl Weathers is back as our boy Grief Karga. Um, Emily Swallow is back as the Armorer. Um, Giancarlo Esposito is still going to be making mischief as, as Moff Gideon. Um and uh yeah we'll we'll and i'm sure one of my favorite things about this these live action shows is just like the weird cameos that pop up every single um every single episode it's always just like oh there's like a random snl cast member from the 90s or or whatever (laughs) you know so i'm excited to see kind of what random bizarre people will be will be popping up in in season three i mean this is uh you know it's not the star wars show i'm most excited about in 2023 we'll get into that in just a second but it is the premier Star Wars show, right? This is their sort of, you know, mothership program that really sort of, you know, whether it's because of all the baby Yoda toys, they, 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 you know, it's so funny how, you know, Lucas, you know, obviously we know the history of toys and Star Wars and how, you know, toys for those that are younger, uh, like Devin uh, may not remember that, like, you know, toys were not a thing with like pop culture toys really didn't exist. And which is why he was able to like strike that deal to have all his, the toys. Cause they're like, who cares about toys? And so then it was sort of like, Oh, you know, he got accused of the Ewoks and certain things of doing just for toy sales. Like, you know, that the toys were leading. And it's so funny the way that, and I don't think this was necessarily intentional, but the way like Grogu toys, I remember, do you remember like they didn't have enough Grogu toys? Oh yeah, like, when, like, they, yeah. when the show it, first came out, there was like nothing. I know people, these are adults that didn't watch the show at all, but were like ordering baby Yoda plush toys because they were just so into it. So that's really has that one character and just the brand outreach on that has made the Mandalorian this huge, huge show more than the character of the Mandalorian and Pedro Pascal as great as he is and everyone else under that, that helmet. Uh, it really is just about Baby Yoda. So this really is their premier program. I mean, you can do a one-off here and there, like Obi-Wan Kenobi, which obviously is going to have ex- extraordinary interest. But in terms of like a, a running series, this is their, their uh, you know, jewel in the crown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I every time I go to like Home Goods or TJ Maxx, I'm a big Maxinista. I, I love it there. <laughs> um, I'm always amazed at just like, they have like Christmas Baby Yoda tea towels. And then like, autumnal baby yoda throw pillows and like there there's a baby yoda for every season and like every, you could have you, and like, many of them are on my christmas tree i, I have gonna, a lot of baby yoda ornaments sure. i was gonna say lauren could probably deck out her entire house entirely with baby yoda merchandise like baby I mean, yoda I, couch. I, ha- I have enough now to decorate an entire tree of just star wars ornaments and nothing else like but here's the but problem the majority he, he, of them are baby when, yoda. when you when you start to lean into something like that mm-hmm. then Every birthday or holiday, oh. everyone's that's all everyone's getting you. At yeah. some point, you almost have, even if it's the thing you're most into in the world, at some point, you have to be like, all right, it's enough. Like, just I, like, I, stop. I got a lot of Star Wars merchandise from various people 
uh, like my sister's boyfriend, he gave me a baby. I forgot about it. I got a baby Yoda blanket and a baby Yoda t-shirt yeah, from him. Nice. Yeah, I did. And I've, I've gotten baby. I have another baby Yoda blanket that my sister-in-law actually made me. Oh, see, that's um, cool. Yeah. So is it too actually, much? Is it too much, Lauren, mm-hmm. at this point? Have you hit the point where you're like enough or are you just like bring it? I haven't it, just reached bring it yet. It. Nope, she I'm hasn't. More, no, she hasn't. I'm more, I'm more of the having the problem of uh, I'm running out of space. Yeah, you so are. So <laughs> I'm running out of space. <laughs> so that's the issue I'm having. But. See, one of the things that makes me laugh, though, is that like the Mandalorian very much um, lends itself to like merchandise. And I mm-hmm. want to know like what kind of Andor merchandise would they make? Would it be oh like- my God prison lego playset like what do you i think it's gonna be like it's it's like a lot of t-shirts and a lot of like you know someone's gonna they're gonna sell the uh the prisoner costume i'm pretty oh i'm sure but like that's that's a cheap one it's just it makes me laugh because like one of these things is so not like the other like one you know one of them is is so like you know kid friendly and everybody loves Mm -hmm. baby yoda and the frogs and like you know those things and then one is about like uh the only way to, you know, fight oppression is through armed revolution. Are you saying they don't have the Andor brothel Lego set available yet? Because that uh, would be a. Uh, I would really buy it. Probably, oh, hold on. I, I should probably see if there's any Andor Lego sets. Because yeah. I feel like I did come across. I did ferric, come across some sort of ferric situation there. Yeah. I did. I did. Uh, actually, there is an Andor Lego set. I just. It's not the it. brothel, though. I'll tell you that. Much. No, it isn't. It's like one of the ships or something. Nah, the Andor tracks. ambush on Ferrick's vehicle. Yeah, so, yes, they did. Rolls right off the tongue. Tried. Rolls right yeah. off the tongue. Okay. Yeah, are all the little Lego bricks made out of um, people? <laughs> anyway, uh, listen, there'll be a lot of, lot of Mandalorian stuff to come. In fact, if you scroll through our old episodes, we've got some uh, Mandalorian season three interviews uh, that we that uh, Devin did last like summer. So. Go check those out if you want to get some early scoop on uh, on Mando season three. All right, let's talk next, Devin, about the show, which is the one I'm most excited about. I'm guessing Lauren's most excited about, and maybe Devin's most excited about this year. Um, well, also coming out in 2023, um, a character we have met before on The Mandalorian, um, that is going to be the Ahsoka show. Um, finally, Ahsoka is getting her her time in the spotlight. And there's uh, Lauren with Lauren's her uh, one toy. of her multiple uh, action I figures. I have a lot of Ahsoka stuff, but I can't <laughs> you, take it all Ahsoka? down. You sure those aren't your sisters? I know she's a huge fan as well. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I will have to convince her she, of her, you know, that she's wrong. But but I'm yeah. really excited for this. I've really fallen in love with uh, Rosario Dawson's performance um, as sort of like adult Ahsoka. We know that the show is sort of going to pick up um, on the heels of Star Wars Rebels, um, where we're going to see some familiar faces. Uh popping in um we got to see like a tiny tiny amount of footage at star wars celebration last year and it was like they were they had like they came from filming like rosario dawson like they were they had just started filming it was still in early days and again we don't have a release date for this one but supposedly sometime in 2023 um i'm assuming summer or fall um uh but yeah i mean for i know you guys are also equally hyped for this one what for you makes this like the one thing that you're like most hyped for well, I, we know what it is from for Lauren, and I guess it is the same for me a little bit as well. I mean, in that the sense of it's really interesting because you have things like Mandalorian, right, which took a bunch of characters that we had met in the animated world and brought them into the live action world, but but not the main characters, at least not at the mm-hmm. start. This is essentially season five of Rebels, but they've just made it animated to live action. Like they're picking up seemingly right where that ended, and Ahsoka wasn't like. A, a, a 
a regular on Rebels, but she'd show up, yeah. be there for a while, then she'd kind of leave. But it seems like everyone else, Sabine, uh, Hera's going to be there. Obviously, Lauren's favorite droid. Chopper's going to be in the house. Ezra Bridger, of course, is going to be there. So it's 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 interesting to me, Devin, because there, it's basically like season five of an animated show, but they've turned it live action. To me, that's just really intriguing. I don't know if it'll be the best show, but it, for me, makes it the most interesting. And I'm sure that's why Lauren's hyped for it. Yeah, pretty much the same thing. And the fact that it's like it's really Dave Filoni who's shepherding this one through. Uh, I'm I'm like super hyped to see what they do. I, I, I hope that the like I thought the the transfer of Bo-Katan into live action worked really well because like obviously you have Katie Sackhoff who was doing the voice and she obviously knows how to do live action. So I thought she was a really good transfer as well. So I, I am very curious to see. Uh, how all of these characters make it into live action and you know as like Dalton said like Ahsoka really was like she was like in season two of Rebels and then she you know disappeared I'm not gonna get into that and then she kind of came back for the um the very final scene of it so I'm very curious and I'm curious to see where exactly Ezra Bridger has been all this time if if the uh, rumors about his uh, casting on the show have been true yeah I'm curious how the show will sort of balance and I think that's kind of the true that's kind of true for all of these live action Star Wars shows is where you sort of have two audiences, right? You have the mm-hmm. kind of hardcore nerds who've seen every episode of Clone Wars and Rebels and, and you know, read all the extended, you know, novels and things like that. And then you've got people who are like, eh, I didn't really watch uh, Boba Fett, but like I like I like Grogu and like, you know, I like uh, Pedro Pascal and things like that. And so I'm curious kind of how, you know, as this sort of Filoni Favreau verse continues to grow, um, you know, kind of what the like the barrier to entry will be on on some of those. How do you sort of balance like these these multiple audiences? But again, I think there's some really great performers involved in this. Um, I think you know I, I I'm super hyped for for all of this, and you know I just um, I I've really fallen in love with Rosario Dawson's performance. Um, I love Ashley Eckstein so much, um, but and I think they make a cool kind of, um, you know, kind of pairing, kind of seeing this, this character sort of through the, you know, throughout her life, basically throughout the, throughout the decades. It, mm-hmm. She's perfect casting. Rosario's perfect casting for that, that character. I mean, I, I guess it sort of makes Ahsoka a little taller and bigger maybe than I imagined, <laughs> just cause she, but, but it's uh, she's, she's awesome. It's, and you know, we've said the name Dave Filoni and it's like, it's kind of interesting. I mean, he is their Kevin Feige. I mean, he really mm-hmm. is. All these shows, he's involved in all of them in some way. And it's all expanded out from this sort of animated world that he created and all going from there. Even ones that that like that we're going to talk about next, which um, uh, yeah, I have no real connection to animate, at least not when they're starting. He's the guiding force. Like he seems to be the person. He is the new sort of George Lucas in terms of shepherding this brand. Uh, both animated and live action. Um, very, very yeah. interesting for a show yeah. that when it first debuted, well, you know, when the Clone Wars first came out, they they put together a few episodes and put it in the theater. I actually saw it in the theater. And it was got terrible reviews. Got yeah. terrible yeah. reviews when it came out. People were not into it. And... Um, now he's the I man. I think that's why I didn't I didn't watch it for the longest time because like the first like the first the movie and then the first couple the first season and a half weren't so great, but it like really started getting uh started cooking in like the second season and like I came to it as I said last year it was last week very late. But I think Dave Filoni, I mean obviously like you know George Lucas really mentored him, but I I really do feel like he's the person who understands what Star Wars 
should be best of all out of like everyone who's working on it. Like, I mean, obviously Tony Gilroy took it in a really interesting direction, but I think like he sort of understands that combination of, you know, the, the, the galaxy that he's talking about, the characters within it, the sort of sense of hope that it needs to have, like just that whole kind of combination. I feel like he understands it the best. And uh, we don't we don't know when Ahsoka's coming at some point in 2023, which I guess is the the case for the next show as well, Devin. Uh, yeah, we have another one that's um, supposedly coming out in 2023. Again, does not have a, a concrete release date. Um, and this one has been kind of top secret. We've we've gotten a little bit of details kind of trickling out at Star Wars Celebration and then at D23. Um and this is Skeleton Crew. Um, this is, you know, created by John Watts and Christopher Ford. John Watts was obviously the director of the Tom Holland Spider-Man trilogy, um, which John Favreau was in as as Happy. Um, and I remember talking to the, to John at, at um, Favreau at D twenty three and and him say, saying, you know, kind of like, how do you, you know how do you get all these like directors and, and, and writers who kind of come in and do things on the star Wars things? And he, he said, that's exactly what happened. He was talking to John Watts and he said, Hey, would you ever like want to come direct a, like an episode of a star Wars show or something? And John Watts said, well, actually like I kind of have an idea for a whole show. Um, and so he and Christopher Ford came in and they pitched a uh, skeleton crew, which is sort of um, billed as, you know, they, they've kind of compared it to sort of like that early, like Amblin kind of like eighties vibe um, where it's about like a group of kids who were kind of lost in the galaxy and kind of have to find their way home. Um, we know Jude law is in it. That's the only casting that we know right now. Um, and it's going to be set kind of after uh, Return of the Jedi, kind of in the same like kind of Mandalorian time period. Um, and it's kind of like a like a youthful coming of age adventure kind of story. Um, and that's about all we know. Um, but I'm I'm really excited for this one, and I'm really curious about it. Um, you know, John Favreau and Dave Filoni are, are executive producers on this one, so it's sort of kind of set within that same like. Ahsoka Mandalorian world. Um, and, you know, I really love the Tom Holland uh, Spider-Man movies and I, I've been kind of interested in, in you know, John Watts's career. So I'm very curious to see what he's going to do in the the Star Wars universe. What about you guys? What what do you make of this sort of, um, you know, kind of next chapter of, of new Star Wars storytelling? I mean, I, I love the Amblin vibe. Um, yeah. It's harder to... It's hard to do it right, which is weird. It seems like a pretty mm -hmm. simple thing to do. But I remember, do you remember Super Eight? And yeah. I'm yes. that, and I was so excited for Super Eight because it was basically like a, like kind of like Stranger Things, which obviously has the same sort of thing, but like market a little more horror tinged, but still had that sort of like was going for that sort of ET ish sort of eighties vibe. And I I like Super Eight. I'm not gonna diss Super Eight, but I think I was too excited for it. You know, my, my expectations were too high for it, and it maybe didn't quite match up. So I like the 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 vibe, and now we'll just have to see the execution of it. I kind of, you know, I think this series was originally when they first talked about it was going to be set in the High Republic area era, which is something we'll get to later, maybe in another show, and certainly with the books. And then they kind of moved it to this Mandalorian uh, Ahsoka time frame, which. I don't know, like, do we need this much crossover between all the shows? Like, you know, I, I maybe it would be nice to explore a completely different time, which again, we will yeah. be doing in the High Republic. But even within the High Republic, there's like, as we'll talk about later, there's like hundreds of years here and there, and you don't need to cross over all the time. I guess I'm just a little worried about 
Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett type crossover in between all the shows. That would be my one concern, Lauren. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, this is the one I think I might be considered slightly wary about because it's like it could go very wrong. But if if they can manage the tone properly, it could be super interesting. But I mean, I was skeptical of Andor before we saw it and they managed the tone really well. So is this just one of these things where I'm just sort of like, I mean, it's going to become so much down to like also the casting of the kids because I'm yeah. like, I'm just, you know, I mean, I'm just thinking of precocious children actors and, you know, not that's not my favorite thing. But if they could find some really like, you know, if they can find their Millie Bobby Brown, then, you know, this might work really well. So I'm, I'm kind of like wary, but, you know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, Lauren, you hit the nail on the head for me. I, I, for me, like specifically stories about children come down to casting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I have a very kind of low tolerance for kind of like precocious child actor stories. Um, I find mm-hmm. them kind of annoying. Um, um, but if you get really incredible casting and really incredible chemistry be- between, you know, some of these like young groups of friends and, 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 act- and young actors, I think it can be really, really powerful and really fantastic. So um, I think that's sort of the difference between like, I don't know, like a, like a young young actor we love and like a who's who's the kid that dalton hates in the ewok stories <laughs> oh my god the worst uh, so I, like we stay away from that and and yeah. kind of, you know it sort yeah. of feels like maybe this is like their star wars world beyond you know walking dead tried mm-hmm. to do this they like did basically like a show of, of just like teenagers in the walking dead universe and it, it it didn't work um and they sort of cut it short after after two two seasons so it it's hard it's it's hard and we'll mm-hmm. we'll see if they can um see if they can pull it off we'll see if they can do it um all right what's what's next up devin uh, well, we can run through. Um, there's just a few more projects that we've got on the docket. Um, we can kind of talk about all of them together. Um, first up, coming sometime in spring 2023. We, again, don't have a concrete release date. Uh, but we're going to get season two of uh, Visions, uh, which is that awesome animated series. Um, we've also got um, an animated series, another animated series coming, um, more for kind of targeted at children. It's uh, Star mm-hmm. Wars Young Jedi Adventures, uh, which is coming out in the spring. And then there's another project, a live action project that doesn't have a release date. Um, we'll have to see whether it's coming out in 23 or 24. Um, my bet is probably 2024, but you never know. Um, and that's The Acolyte. Um, that is the kind of live action series that is set um, way in the past. Um, and it's uh, Leslie Headland who did uh, Russian Doll. Um, and that one's kind of on the docket. So not sure if that one's going to be a 23 or 24 release. Um but uh, that is also currently in the works. And there's a bunch of other projects that are kind of in development or, you know, kind of supposedly happening, but um, nothing, nothing concrete or nothing coming in 2023. So, you know, kind of of those of those projects, uh, what stands out to you guys the most? I'm super excited for the accolade just for who's making it, the actors involved. Like that's one where I'm like, I'm like, that's and just the t- also the time period sounds really interesting. It does seem like if I'm, I'm working out the calendar properly, that does seem like it's probably going to be in 24. Um, just for my own kid, like I'm sure she's probably going to find the young Jedi adventures pretty good, but overall for what's coming this year, um, visions, obviously, because I just thought visions was the first seasons of visions was really, really spectacular. So I'm interested to see what the second season does. Yeah. Visions are, are animated shorts. They, they, in season one, they had a a bunch of different Japanese animation studios produce these shorts. This time they're kind of going to, you know, have shorts from other countries, uh, UK, Ireland, 
Spain, France, a bunch of other animation houses. So mm-hmm. uh, look forward to seeing what they do. Jedi Adventures, uh, young, excuse me, Young Jedi Adventures. When we say this is for kids, we don't mean like the Clone Wars. This is for really little kids. This is like yeah, I think yeah. like Muppet Babies like style. You know what I mean? Even if you like <laughs> you look at look at the sort of artwork, it looks kind of Muppet Babies esque. I'm not a Muppet Babies fan myself, uh, so I, that that definitely won't be for me. I don't think. And the acolyte—it's do- it's, going to be on in my house. I just know yeah. it is. So that, yeah, because you'll yeah, be you turning it on. Is young. what you mean? You're going to be turning it on, Lauren. Uh, we get no. <laughs> we we. My daughter watches a lot of the Lego Lego Star Wars adventures things. So like, it's like I can't really get her interested into the other stuff yet. But for some reason, she really enjoys that that the stuff that's geared towards her. So you know, I assume she'll probably check that out. I, I think acolyte will be next year, and that is set in the High Republic era, which. Uh, We'll be talking about uh, a lot more. So yeah, we'll we'll see about all this stuff. I think this stuff, obviously, Mando, Ahsoka, and then if we're guessing Skeleton Crew will be uh, this year. Those are the three big heavy hitters that we'll be taking a look at uh, this year. Uh, all right, that is it for this Star Wars TV offerings for 2023. We also have video game and book news for you, which actually includes a connection between those two mediums. Uh, we will explain and continue our 2023 Star Wars preview for you right after this super quick break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, welcome back. Um, I don't know why I say super quick break. It's like I, I get worried that if I just say mm-hmm. a quick break that people are going to get impatient and think like, well, that doesn't sound quick enough for me. So I say a super quick break. Even though I really, I have no idea how long the break is. Like, I don't know what they're putting in the break. Sometimes they put various ads. Sometimes it's just the music fades out and fades back in, which is awkward. So I'm just, it's just a bunch of malarkey coming out of my mouth, ladies. When is it not? Let's be real. Yeah, Yeah. let's be honest. Let's be honest about that. Um, We're going to talk books and Lauren's going to talk to us about some of the books coming out uh, in 2023. Real quickly, I just want to hit up. There's, there's, I think only one big video game coming out this year but it is a big video game it is star wars jedi colon survivor which is coming out march 17th this is the sequel to star wars jedi colon fallen order which is the last video game i played incidentally and the last video game (laughs) i played before that was battlefront because i basically only play star wars video well battlefront 2 and the last game i played was battlefront i i used to be a big gamer like I'm talking way back. Like I used to play tons of video games. Then you have kids and you get busy at work and there's no bigger time suck than video games like in the mm-hmm. world. This is so true. I just, I just can't anymore, but I will make the time for video games. But we're going to talk more about this next week um, because we're going to have Nick Romano on to talk. And we've got an interview with Cameron Monaghan who uh, plays uh, the, the lead in the game, which will be great. And we'll talk more sort of history and our favorite games. But I will say this. I'm, I have a dilemma, ladies, because... Star Wars Jedi colon Survivor is only going to be available in terms of the PlayStation stuff on a PS5. Mm. I have a PS4. Now, I we had too. a PS5, 
my son had a PS5 and then that bastard went and like got a job in California <laughs> and moved out of the house. So like, I'm not going to get a PS5 just to play this one game. And they're not now making it for the PS4 because only losers like me still have outdated video games. And equipment. me. <laughs> I, I, I only have a Nintendo Switch, so I haven't even gotten to play Fallen Order because I'm like, I'm not investing in another system just to play this. I know. So. And Fallen Order is so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And like, I thought about it, but I'm just like, I cannot justify that considering how little I play video games. Yeah. And my, my problem with Battlefront is like, I don't, again, I don't have time to play games anymore. So I like, I tried once to go like online to like, you know, in some like battle royale. And I just like, every time I respawned, <laughs> I just got shot and killed. Like I just got destroyed by these people. That spent all day. I was like, I can't do this. So I need to play Fallen Order, which has like the, you know, the single player local storyline. So mm-hmm. yeah, and you can yep. just sort of do your thing. But again, I'm not going to get a PS5 for it. It's not going to happen. Uh, but Dalton, you know what you should play? And we'll talk mm. about this more next week. But uh, Lauren and I are the world's biggest fans of uh, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. Yes. We will talk about that next week. That's my only contribution to it. <laughs> I've played some Lego Star Wars in my life. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Fantastic. I just think whenever I think Star Wars Jedi colon Survivor, I just think yeah. that this is like specifically designed in a lab for Dalton. Um, I know. Because <laughs> he, the two things he loves most in the world are Star Wars <laughs> and Survivor. That's right. <laughs> so... So good. Uh, I would, I would, I would play that crossover. I think, I think uh, we need that that crossover game. Uh, maybe it'll, maybe it'll be happening. All right, so we'll we'll talk more video games, a lot more video games next week. But a whole bunch of books that are coming. Actually, why don't we maybe uh, start with uh, Lauren? There is a there's a crossover from this game in book form this mm-hmm. year coming out, isn't there? There's Jedi Battle Scars, uh, which features Cal Kestis from um, Fallen Order. Uh, that's coming out on March seventh. Um, this is the one thing is like, I know this one's coming out. This is a big crossover. I haven't played uh fallen order. So I, this is one that I'm like, I'm like, I know this will be big, but I, you know, since I haven't played fallen order, I am probably not going to hit this one. But what do you think? Are you uh, excited well, uh, about this? Well, one here's, down? here's, here's, here's the thing about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. Can I break it down? No one else is listening. I'm just sure. telling you too. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a sucker. Whenever there's like a new Star Wars movie that would come out and be like, then the, there'd be a book that come out and be like, this is the like the prequel to the movie. This is what happens that leads up to the mm-hmm. movie. You know those things that they would do? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a sucker for those. There was one that was, um, it was the, um, I forget what it's called. And it, it's, uh, I think it was like Rendezvous or something like Secret Rendezvous, something just terrible name. And it basically was like, here's what happens right before the start of revenge of the sith and i was like oh <laughs> my god so i got it and read it was so excited it was so bad and and i was just like oh my god this is terrible and immediately like, all the events of the, of the book immediately left my brain like five minutes after i read it and then like a decade later i saw this book on the show i'm like oh my god there's a book that's the precursor to like revenge <laughs> of the sith i was like i need to read this so I I uh, I got it again. Did I, you buy I, it again? I, well, I was I took it out from the Montclair Library, thank God. There and you go. uh, and I, I, I it like literally took me two thirds the way through the book to be like, I've read this. <laughs> like this is like not good, and I've read it before, and I got super angry. This is like six months ago. This happened, and so it's I don't so, feel so bad about saying wild instead of crazy. I know. So, I know. literally had a whole book that I had read. Forgotten I'd read it till I got like 300 pages into rereading it. 
because it was a precursor to Revenge of uh, of the Sith. So I say that because Star Wars Jedi colon battle scars is (laughs) allegedly what happens to Cal Kestis between Fallen Order, the last game, and Survivor, the new game. I love the last game, but I I may not play the new game. So yeah. I, I think if I'm gonna I, I may read this, right? I'm I'm interested in this, but I think I'll be more interested into it almost like after I play Survivor. That's kind of like like yeah. like that stupid, terrible book, as bad as it was. I want to read it after seeing Revenge of the Sith, because maybe it's gonna drop yeah. some breadcrumbs, and then after you see, it, you're like, oh, okay, that led to that. So uh, I am interested in reading it just because I'm a loser. But um, I do think that for people that do play both games, it is very interesting. Yeah. I mean, shout out to Bloodline, which is the best. Um, that's the book that was, took place before Force Awakens and really should have been, I think, the plot line of Force Awakens. Uh, but that one was, uh, that's but the I, best, I think, of the prequel. You and I love Bloodline. I don't think that was in marketed, though, Lauren, as like a specific, like, here's what, like, literally the other one's like, here's what happened right before. It just kind of takes place in that time frame. It's not a it direct. Kinda just, it sort of sets up the whole, like, the what's going on in the Republic. Because I remember watching The Force Awakens going, what the heck has happened to the Republic? Like, <laughs> like, yeah. what, like, what have you guys been doing? And like that gave me a lot more political context for what had happened. Cause I was just, I did spend part of Force Waking and going, how did they screw this up? I'm not really sure. Like, you know, anyway, but yeah, Battle Scars though. I mean, uh, if I ever stumble across a way to play Fallen Order, I'd probably be more interested. This is coming out, it's, um, but it's by Sam Maggs. Uh, so I do as- assume people who are really into these the video games would probably this is one for them they've done this before they do this with like i mean way back in the day i I told you about shadows of the empire that's Mm -hmm. the one where princess leia is seduced by pheromones uh and that that was (laughs) a whole thing where they had the game the book the comic it was a whole um world that they created it wasn't just the game like kind of like this but it was like a whole world like multi-medium which brings us to the high republic because that's where most Mm -hmm. of the books coming out um, yeah. are this year. And before we get into what's coming out and you tell us what's, what we can look forward to, Lauren, I will say that's what I kind of did over the break. We talked about this, how I hadn't read any of the High Republic stuff. And it was just a whole thing. And I, I wasn't even sure if I had the right books in order. So I realized I did have the first High Republic book, uh, Light of the Jedi, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. And so I read that over the break and I, th- I thought it was good. Like it wasn't mm. like, it definitely wasn't like highest caliber Star Wars reading. And it certainly wasn't lowest. It was fine. This takes place, you know, hundreds of years before uh, or so before um, New Hope. And I guess there's like a trilogy of those books. But then I, then I had Convergence, right? Which just came out in November. And we had the author on our show. Um, and you can listen to that. And that's set a hundred years before Light of the Jedi. So like uh, there are all these different periods yeah. Uh, yeah, in, in higher. Power. I'm like halfway into Convergence. I'm not loving it, if I'm going to be <laughs> honest. I'm uh-huh. really not loving it. And the reviews aren't great. I feel bad saying this. Mm-hmm. We had the author on. She seems lovely. Just let's just say it hasn't super engaged me the way you want a, a book to. And... So, you know, my High Republic so far is I've read one book that I thought was okay. I'm reading another book that I think is not that great. Uh, I don't know if how much you've read, Lauren, or what your experience has been, but why don't you tell us that and then tell us what 
what's coming up or at least some of the tests because there's like a million of them coming up this year yeah so i've read um i i read uh light of the jedi i read into the dark those are from phase one i haven't gotten all through all the there's, way through phase one there's though. three there's three adult because they have adult young adult there's like little adult. kids there's I, three I was, adults I, like a, i've been going back and forth between the adults and the young adults and yeah. the, i can't tackle the middle grade and the other stuff there's only there's a lot of high republic stuff it's it, it's almost overwhelming i find yeah so i've been trying to go between like the the adult and the young adult since they seem to be covering sort of the main plot lines uh so i did like light of the jedi i thought some of the jedi stuff was interesting in that basically the only through line in all of these books is that yoda exists he's he's always mentioned but he's, he's not mentioned really, not really he's, he's not a character him. it's like oh, I, it's always like <laughs> so and so is the only person who's yeah. you know the, they'll literally yeah. just say like so and so is almost as wise as master yoda like it's, that's yeah, it yeah, master yoda. Like, hey, i know who that is <laughs> yeah, yeah so you, you do realize yoda has been around for a very very long time uh and um but and then there's convergence i read like a path of deceit i think was the really kind of the first kickoff for phase two and then convergence and i thought path of deceit was really interesting because it's really talking and i talked a little bit about this last week because it basically is talking about the path of the open hand who are basically force cultists and it's really interesting to see sort of like these different religious orders uh who are dealing with uh the uh who believe in the force and think the Jedi are evil for manipulating the force. So I thought that was kind of interesting convergence. I liked, I liked, uh, and this is the one part where I think I liked it more than you did Dalton. Um, but the next, uh, big high Republic book that is coming out in April is called, uh, the high Republic cataclysm. This follows, um, the cover of it has been revealed and it features Axel Greylark, who, uh, is one of the chancellor's, uh, sons, uh, in the novel Convergence. Yeah. Uh, and he's a he troublemaker. Kind of, thought, he's, he's getting in he's some trouble when you first meet him. He, he's a troublemaker. He's a bad boy. Um, I, th- <laughs> I thought he was pretty interesting, so I am looking forward to seeing where this uh, this sort of goes. Um, but uh, So that's like kind of the really big one that's coming out, and that's written by Lydia Kang. So that's the next big one. There's a lot of other And that's ones apparently, that sorry, Lauren, let me just jump in. Isn't that, I, I think that's allegedly as a reference point for people that have, I think that's set after the Battle of Jeddah, apparently. Yes, that's, so that, that there's something the that people are like, oh, okay, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is when, this is set after the Battle of Jeddah. Most of the phase of the High Republic books, they do kind of work in concert with each other. You can sort of like, like I had read Convergence before I read Path of Deceit, uh, Path of Deceit. And so I did kind of understand Convergence, but having read Path of Deceit, I kind of understand what was going on in Convergence a little bit more. Um, but it is a lot of like extra work for people. But if you want to be a Star Wars completist, you know, which sometimes I do want to be. Um, you it's know, exhausting, that, isn't it? It's exhausting one. being a Star yeah, Wars completist. It is, it's it's impossible. It, it is literally. It kind like, of there's, is. Like, it's there's impossible. so many books that I haven't ever like tackled, and I'm like, oh, I haven't even you know tackled the Legends can. I know, so Lauren. Lauren I heard. Like, I, so I, think, I was shocked when I heard on I think on last week's podcast. I'm sitting there on I-95, <laughs> like passing <laughs> Chesapeake House. I'm like, oh, well, if I if I go 20 more miles, there's a Popeyes at the Delaware Memorial yeah. uh, Welcome Center, and uh, I, I think it was on that one, Lauren, where I heard you say that you were just finally getting into like the original Thrawn books. Yeah, um, no, I haven't even, I haven't touched them. Like there's a lot of, like oh, I bought Lauren. a lot of Star Wars books, but I haven't like, uh, I, I've read 77 books last, uh, last year wow. and 10 of them were Star Wars books, but I, uh, you know, I can't just read Star Wars books. Yes, I have to read other yes, things. You, yes, you can. Yes, I know. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's like I try, I try and go back before uh, b- between you know fiction not set in the galaxy and then you know fiction set in the galaxy. My, my wife thinks I'm basically illiterate. She's like, all you do is read these stupid <laughs> Star Wars books. I'm like, well, I you know, I'm, I read Star Wars books, then I read um, nonfiction, like a bunch of nonfiction. Uh, yeah. So basically I mean, the only I, fiction I, did, I read is this garbage, I guess. <laughs> I did start, I, I discovered the Bloomfield Public Library where I live um, has a lot of Star Wars audiobooks. So I have Ooh. actually started tackling them that Look way. Look at her going audiobook find, style. I thought you I were, know, I thought we I had do, a whole discussion about this. You've turned, you've turned to the dark side on Devin and me. After we had that discussion, I was like, you know, I could probably tackle more books if I started listening to audiobooks when I was, I was like, when I can't read. So I, uh, I, I have changed my tune on audiobooks. But yeah. there are some really good uh, Star Wars audiobooks, but we're getting off topic. So let, let um, me ask, let me ask yeah. Devin, but like, because mm-hmm. Devin, this whole High Republic thing, like I said, I, even for me, a guy who reads a lot of Star Wars books, I was like, oh man, this is, this is a, this is a tall order. There's a lot of them. I'm not going to, I feel like once I get in, like, I know my tendencies, I'm kind of completist. So if I start it, that means I've got to read all these things i don't know if i have the time to do that any interest on your part in like looking to these books at all or not or are you just gonna like be like you know what high republic i'm just gonna skip that that's just too much of an investment that i don't have time to do because i got a million marvel things i gotta watch i think that's the thing i i I do you know i i i have other corners of the star wars galaxy that i think i'm more interested in like i uh like lauren i never read any of the thrawn stuff and that's something Mm -hmm. that i've like been meaning to dive into um but also like yeah you mentioned marvel and um I've actually kind of gotten into like a lot of the Marvel Star Wars comics uh, recently. I'm I'm like sort of dipping my toes into that. Um, I've sort of like kept That's up cool. with it, you know, as, as a bit of a comics reader kind of over the years. Like I would pick up an issue every once in a while, but I never read it with any regularity. But I'm I'm sort of getting more into it. Um, you know, as uh, talking about comics things that are like actually coming up on the horizon. Um, uh, this year's the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're getting a, a new Marvel Comics uh, uh, basically retelling of, of Return of the Jedi. It's written by uh, Mark Guggenheim, who did like, um, you know, he's a big TV guy. He did, you know, Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow and, and you know, a bunch of, of, of things in that realm. So I'm, I'm really curious about that one. Um, but yeah, that's something that I've, High Republic was never really in my on my radar. I'm sort of like, I don't know. Maybe I'll dip my toes into it eventually, but I feel like there's, um, I don't know. There's so much stuff, guys. It's almost like you yeah, could do. It is a lot of stuff. It's almost yeah. like you could do a whole podcast just about Star Wars. I know. Can you <laughs> believe it? Um, I, that, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty blind to the Star Wars comics universe. Same as you, well, less yeah, than you, too. Devin, less than you, but I do want to say, like, yeah, I've got my a little bit here, a little bit there. I've, I've dipped yeah. in and out, but, but definitely I, I am pretty ignorant of most of that stuff. And I feel like I just need to sit down, like buy one of those giant, like volumes. Yes. And just, and just, just get into it at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, there's, yeah. There, I've read some of the Darth Vader ones here and there, and I would like to kind of like, as you said, just buy one of the big volumes and go through it. Cause I thought there was some interesting stuff going on in the various uh, Vader comics that they've done the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, there's been a couple interesting stories over um, specifically in those. And yeah, that's the way I feel felt about somebody who, you know, I, I came kind of later to comics. I was like in you know college and, and my early adulthood. Um, and man, it's overwhelming. You need like okay. a, you need a guide to be like, okay, start here. And um, you know, and I, I consider myself, fairly knowledgeable um but man it's it's you could it could be your whole time job 
It just it just took me thirty years to finally tackle the Sandman because I've been intending oh, to read it since yeah, like nineteen ninety three. I was just like, I was like, this just seems too. This is too much. So yeah. this finally this year I tackled it. A but. classic, a classic. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So I I know you know we talked about the uh, the video game tie in book. We've talked about the High Republic stuff. There's a bunch of High Republic stuff coming out. We talked about Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. comic series. All I know is there's something on this list called Inquisitor colon Rise of the Red Blade. And that sounds kind of up my alley, too. I'm just going to be honest. I don't really know anything about this. uh, But it looks like it's got some sort of like Sith-looking woman with a cape who's not Darth Talon, I don't think, but is is someone else. Yeah, this one actually looks pretty interesting. This is the one that there's the most information out of the other ones because we've got like the High Republic quest for Planet X, the High Republic Path of Vengeance. But the Rise of the Red Blade, um, this is by Delilah uh, S. Dawson. And this one really kind of seems interesting because it talks about like the uh, aftermath of Order 66. There's a new group of former Jedi um, and there's they're serving the Empire under Darth Vader. And uh, this is the book that is based on Iskat. Uh, as the description says, survive the destruction of her old order to claim a new destiny in the force. She joins the inquisitors in the hope of uncovering her hidden past that the Jedi refused to share with her. So that mm. kind of seems like an interesting, you know, an interesting one. I'm wondering if, um, if Reva will make an appearance or any of the other inquisitors that we have seen get their ass kicked by the various former Jedi running around. I think there could be some crossover there. And I I sort of feel Mm -hmm. like I want to support the author, Delilah S. Dawson. I feel kind of bad for her because she's written some Star Wars books before, but like she wrote, like, I I think the first one she wrote was like, can you imagine like they come to you and like, hey, we want you to write a Star Wars book. You're like, no way. Like, yeah. What do you think of this? Star Wars colon Phasma. And like you're given like the cap the Phasma book to write. It's like really like that's the one. Okay, but I've heard that the Phasma book is good. I've heard people say that. I haven't read it, and I've heard that people were like, "Oh, this is like actually legitimately interesting," and it's a shame that none of this made this made it to the screen. Well, she also wrote like mm-hmm. a Galaxy's Edge book as well, which uh, again maybe yeah. it's good. But I just feel like, you know, when you're doing like a tie-in to like a theme park, it's maybe it's just not, not like getting get... access to, to Han Solo and Princess Leia as Beth Revis did for Princess in this country. You're not getting a... You're yeah, not I'm, just a little, a... I'm just slightly worried about that. I actually almost took out the Phasma book. They had it, again, shout out to the Montclair Library. The New Jersey <laughs> Library game is strong on this podcast. Yeah, it is, it is, it is good. And, and I'll go in there every once in a while and I saw the Phasma book. I was like, ah, I mean... I don't know. Maybe I'm kind of interested, but also kind of not. It's Phasma. Like, I don't really care. It might care be a good audio store. book to try. Maybe. <laughs> there, saying, you know. Maybe. there you go. Maybe. Uh, we'll see. Well, I, I am I am excited to check out that Inquisitor book, and we'll see. We'll see what's mm-hmm. going on with that. Um, and if listen, if you have any suggestions for any of us in terms of how we should dive into these Star Wars comics, like over the past four decades, I, I know personally I am all ears. Uh, so if Absolutely. there's a good good starting point, uh, let, it, let us know which way to go. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about? 2023 Star Wars stuff? Anything else we didn't um, get to? I'm just curious. You know, like we mentioned, it's the 40th anniversary of uh, Return of the Jedi. I'm mm-hmm. wondering if there will be any sort of like anniversary content or any sort of like new announcements. Ewok um, merchandise. I wouldn't be surprised oh, no. if we got some some Ewok merchandise. Um, yeah, Dalton. I have no Ewoks in my collection. So. Oh, that's surprising to me. 
That is shocking. No, I don't have any Ewoks. Yeah, Yeah. it is. No Ewoks. Um, But yeah, I'm curious. And I'm also curious, you know, whether what the the new kind of era of film is going to look like. You know, we've had a lot of films kind of get announced and then never really like get off the ground. Um, You know, kind of the Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron film is, is kind of on the back burner. Ryan Johnson's trilogy, I don't think, is ever coming out. Um, Taika Waititi is supposedly quietly developing something. Um, Kevin Feige is is reportedly developing something. But again, these are things that were announced, you know, ages ago, and we've heard nothing about. That could mean that they're dead. It could mean that they're like quietly working on it and ready to to announce new things. Um, And then they could have other things up their sleeves that we didn't even know about. Um, So I'm very curious to kind of see if we get any more news about the the film side of things. Because, um, again, awesome year for television, awesome year for books and video games and all of these things. But, you know, it's been a while since we've seen a, a Star War on the big screen. I, I feel like they need to gold they, they they need to goldilocks this thing. You know what I mean? For for a while, like it was like there's too much, right? I mean, I was even complaining, yeah. like, there's too much Star Wars coming out. Star Wars should be at most once a year. And now they're putting out like, you know, solo and like three months after this film. It's like, and now there's just not enough. Like, I wanna see, if not a crawl, I wanna see like that Star Wars logo up on a big screen. I wanna see outer space on the big screen again. Um, so I'm with you, Devin. I, I, I hope we, we, we get some content. I hope we're not overwhelmed with it, but I, I would love to see like a Star Wars movie a year. As yeah. Lucille Bluth says, you know, here's some money go see a Star Wars. I want to go <laughs> to the theater and go see a Star Wars. I am, I am curious with Bob Iger coming back to Disney. If he has talked to Kathleen Kennedy about like, we need a movie. Come on guys. Like, let's get Taika. Like let's get him into production. Like that, you know, I am curious, like, how much urging is going on? Well, that would be uh, that would be interesting too, Lauren, because he's the guy that mm-hmm. said, "Give us some streaming content, uh, Disney Plus. Yeah. We got to make this happen." So like, I think he's probably like, "The streaming content's going well. Yeah, let's we get plenty. the movies back going." You know, so. I think yeah, right. I mean, Mandalorian is a huge hit for them. Um, mm-hmm. I think Andor, even though it, it wasn't as heavily watched, was a huge critical hit. Certainly, yeah, and it's um, getting awards attention, which mm-hmm. they always like. So, so I'm and I'm I'm curious whether they'll they'll start kind of like you know turning their eyes back to to film. Well, we shall see. It won't be in 2023, uh, however. All right, it's uh, it's time for us to get the hell out of here. But before we do, uh, again, just a tease for next week. EW's Nick Romano is going to join us, and we're going to talk about our favorite Star Wars video games ever. Plus, we're going to have that interview with Cameron Monaghan, who stars as uh, Cal Kestis in Star Wars Jedi uh, in that video game series, including the new Jedi colon Survivor coming out in March. So make sure to come back and check that out. Uh, and Can you do us a solid? If you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, please do so. If you've not told your friends about the podcast, please do so. And if you've not rated and reviewed the podcast, again, please do so. We really appreciate that. You can also connect with us directly on social media by following Entertainment Weekly on all socials. It's at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag and follow us individually using at Dalton Ross, at Devin Kogan, and at Morglore. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll do it all over again next week. This episode of Dagobah Dispatch is hosted by Dalton Ross, Devin Kogan, and Lauren Morgan. Produced by Chanel Johnson and Sammy Junio. Edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>